Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the show. My name is Travis Dow. And today we have a special treat for you. Yet another one of the Podcastnik team members. Uh, namely, none other than the host of the Arabic version of History of Germany, Imad. That's right. In case you guys didn't know it, the History of Germany is translated into... Well, it, it exists in three languages. I translated into German, and I still record both the English and German version with Judith Strusenbeck, who will also be interviewed and taken apart and tortured for this show. But it's, it's, a, really, it's a real special honor, I would say, to uh, have found somebody to work with that, that kind of gets the vision of the show and... Um, actually came to me to uh, propose the idea of translating the history of Germany into Arabic for the specific purpose, at least this is how it was pitched to me, was for the specific purpose of uh, kind of uh, presenting this for like Syrian refugees or refugees in, in Germany, but Syrian refugees specifically, so that they can kind of understand you know, what's going on, where they are, and who these weird people are who they live with now called Germans. I thought that was a beautiful idea. And not just that, but uh, Imad is himself a Syrian refugee. I guess that's, you know, you, that's, that's, a, that's true. Uh, but he doesn't live in Germany. He still lives in the Middle East. And so that's kind of the background of, of this. And we're, so obviously, you know, we're trying to, um, uh, I would say podcastnick.com has kind of, now we've become a non-for-profit. We're really trying to help out. Like, we have a mission now. We're like, I think our most important uh, show is uh, the history of alchemy in Germany because it really does, it actually does some good. It's not just for our history nerds like me that like, oh, I wonder about alchemy or Africa or whatever. But no, this is actually kind of doing a service. And also with that, uh, we actually want to help Imad. Like, we actually, we we pay Imad. We're transparent about that. Like, we have costs associated with the show. But we also want to make uh, Imad's life as, as good as possible. We want to help him as as much as we can. And so so that's the whole background of, of who Imad is, I guess. But now there's there's way more to this story. So that being said, welcome to the show. We have we have Imad here. Um, hi, how are, how are you doing? Hi, Travis. I'm doing just fine. How's the weather? Is it so? I guess we can say Imad's in Egypt. Um, 
And so how hot is it there right now? It's it's June, it's summer. Well, I can tell you it's very, very hot. <laughs> Some days uh, the degree won't uh, get below 40. Does it? Oh, yeah, that's that's roasty. That's uh, 40 is yeah. like almost, I think it's like 100 degrees Fahrenheit, something. Yeah, that's it's hot is what, what it's it is. It's hot. I don't even know where to start. I guess I guess we can go back and say that you you were in fact uh, you are in fact Syrian. You were born in Syria. Is that is that right? Yep, I am a Syrian. And are you now Egyptian? Do you have an Egyptian nationality or no, still? No, no, no. Right. I am here in Egypt for just like uh, one year and something. I don't have uh, an Egyptian citizenship. Right. I would love to know more about the process of even of making it to Egypt. How did you like how did you come to Egypt? Did you get on a plane and, and fly over? Well, <clears throat> it's like a long story. Uh, the beginning was uh, from Syria, Syrian uh, Syrian airport to Al Khartoum, if you know it, the capital of Sudan. Mm -hmm. And then from Sudan, I traveled illegally to Egypt because Egypt don't give uh, visa to Syrians anymore. Only the rich ones, one of them. So did you, so you had to cross the border by land? Yep. Yeah, and okay. illegally. I mean like in the desert. Right. Do you, th is that how do, how, is that how most Syrians come into Egypt? So Syrians obviously are leaving Syria for obvious reasons and, uh, and kind of also not obvious reasons sometimes, but, um, uh, millions, there's, there's, there's millions of Syrian refugees in the world. How, how, is, is Egypt a, a country that many go to, I guess? Because I, I, I believe most try to make it into Turkey or, you know, other neighboring countries. You actually got on an airplane, flew to Sudan. Look, uh, the, the Syrian conflict uh, has three or four phases if we want to, to study it as an event. Every phase has its own common things, its own wars, its own refugee. Its own reasons for refugees, even. Yeah, and its own, uh, even the, the places, the places the people were ah, going to. Yep. Where, well, where the, stuff happened, yep, yep. Yeah, the, at, the, at the beginning, <clears throat> the way to, to Europe was open, kind of. Turkey, uh, you can go uh, as a Syrian. You can go to Turkey without any any visa or anything by your own passport. Passport. Mm -hmm. So after that, after like uh, since 2011, uh, Turkish government have set like a wall. But it's, it's not a wall. But it's like definitely it's, stronger uh, borders. Yeah, they yeah, started stronger to close. border with with soldiers like live guns. After that, people still go to Europe, still go to Turkey, but it's now more dangerous, more expensive. Uh, people went to, yeah. after that, people went to Egypt. There was no visa for Syrians to go to Egypt uh, as a, okay. as a students or business-wise, uh, mm -hmm. everything. So people started to go to Egypt and other countries like Jordan, Lebanon. But to Egypt, you have to fly. Uh, so just people that really don't know any <laughs> geography, Egypt, you can't just like drive through Egypt, you, uh, drive to Egypt, you'd have to like go through Israel and that's probably a problem. And, you know, no, so, no. so that's like flying or, yeah. 
But just so there people know, no like, Turkey is, like, uh, right uh, next there, door. Uh, there, by, there are a way by sea, but no one go right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. that way. Yeah. After that, the Egyptian government required or put a new requirement for as a Syrian going to Egypt is a visa. And this visa you can't get in, unless you have, like, a big amount of money in a bank account or mm -hmm. something like that. So... The main route after that was from Damascus to Khartoum, from Khartoum to Egypt through the land. That was the main route for the mid-layer of the Syrian society or community. Mm -hmm. Because the, the upper layer, the rich layer, still go to Germany and Canada and Australia yep. and USA by planes and all things good to them. Yep. And the, the really down layer, the, the layer that has nothing, won't have enough money to get on a plane to Khartoum even. Yeah. So that was the route for the mid-range kind of people in, in Syria. They, the ones who had a little bit of money and courage to, to make this trip. Did you go by yourself or was this kind of like... Well, the, the trip itself, of course, I wasn't my, by myself. There was... Uh, many Syrians and non-Syrians going through this uh, route or this trip. But uh, I am traveling, I was traveling, yes, by myself. I bought a ticket from Damascus to Khartoum and flew there. I spent like uh, four months in Khartoum to just make the, the enough money to go to Egypt through this uh, route I talked to you about. And you knew about this route? I mean, I mean, you knew about this route, of but, but uh, how did you, like, did you know friends or did you know people that had taken the route before, now they're in Egypt and they were telling you about well, this? Or, like, you had connections uh, in Khartoum? Or? We as the Syrians, we, we, when we are doing something, we, we tell each other a lot about it. Like, uh, someone found a new way. They post about it on Facebook, they talk about yeah. it uh, to their friends. So... Like two months or three months, the route, this route was one of the well-known, I will say, well-known routes, routes yep. for everyone in Syria and outside Syria. Mm -hmm. Like the, there was groups, uh, especially for this for this route. Egyptians must be patrolling the desert, looking for. Yeah, the thing is, uh, the the Egyptian uh, Sudanese border is like kind of loose. Yeah out of the, the, the enormous distance yeah. of it. It's, yeah, it's, uh, people can look on a map, it is huge, and there's not much there. There's just a lot of desert and villages, I don't know, yeah, tiny villages and stuff, but yeah. it's big. It's, and so, so Sudan is bigger than many people think. Sudan is a huge country. <laughs> huge country. Yeah. And the, the Egyptian government, I can't say it's... Uh, it's taking that much attention to this issue at all. At the end, we are not uh, harming Egypt. Yeah. Most okay. of the Syrians, mm -hmm. uh, they come to Egypt specially. They open their own business or be be useful to the society. Mm -hmm. I think the 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 Egyptian the Syrian Egyptian like blend or or mix. It's very good and um, kind like it, of... Like it uh, works culturally. There's no yeah. yeah, no animosity. Not not too many different cultural practices, I suppose. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So we, the Egyptians yeah. themselves are still pretty welcoming. There's not. They don't think like, oh, there's so many yeah. refugees or something. It's it's. Yeah, there are there are people, of course, who does not like the idea of the Syrians coming to their country illegally, and uh, something like like that. But they are very very few. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Is it obvious uh, from your accent or dialect or something that you are Syrian when you because I so I know Egyptians and I know Lebanese and and they they would make fun of each other saying like oh Egyptians sound that's not Arabic that's not Arabic at all yeah. you know Lebanese is Arabic or um, so so I mean <laughs> do you do you kind of do you sound Egyptian now or well well like if I am just. Uh ordering something from a restaurant or taking a bus or something like that mm-hmm. it won't be noticeable okay it's not that different okay yeah 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 but if i am opening a, a, a conversation with someone like for two hours of course he will notice that i am not egyptian okay but it's not there like you could still be like jordanian or maybe rocky or something like it's not that specific. no no actually the the area syria egypt oh, sorry syria jordan iraq it's very very rich with culture and dialects yeah okay so yeah yeah my my own city my own city mm-hmm. have a very 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 different dialect from damascus right like if, okay yeah if i talk with my own, with my native dialect, with someone who is from Damascus, he won't understand me. He he will understand me like the, the basics things, but I can't like just say everything by my native dialect to, to him and uh, yep. expect that he, he will understand everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Germans definitely know this. Even sometimes you go to a village like 20, 30 kilometers away, and it's like, what? <laughs> that's still that's German. So, yeah. Yeah. If you if you if you even if you talk uh, the classic Arabic or the former mm-hmm. Arabic, you won't understand a word. Mm-hmm. Like a word, if you can't understand it, in Iraq or in Jordan or whatever the, country yeah. you name it. Yeah. No, that that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so in that case, so they might not, yeah, so in that case, you definitely still, if you talk to somebody for long enough, they say, oh, okay, you're not Egyptian, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But generally, okay, so generally, Egyptians are still welcoming, it's still a country to go, is it, um, so how is it, like, with the visa status or legal status, how is it, can you find work, is it, like, the same as an Egyptian citizen, or is it, um, is that more difficult? Actually, it's more difficult. Of course, it's more difficult. But legally, I am protected by the UN. As soon as I arrived to Egypt, I went to uh, a registration point for the UN. So I can registrate myself as a refugee and have like a card. It's called the yellow card. It's have my name on it, my infos and the file number I have. In the UN. So if the police stops you in Egypt, you can show the yellow card and they say, aha, okay, UN has a record of not, him. Not li- on paper, they, they should do that. But uh-huh. uh, in real life, they won't um, consider it. They won't but respect in the it. End, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe I will go to the jail for two or three days if I done something wrong or if they uh, caught me without any legal papers. 
Yeah. But in the end, after like a week or two weeks, the UN will send some legal okay. lawyer so to to take me out. Is it a danger the, to yeah. get to be sent back to Syria? Do Egyptians do that? No, no. As long as you are under the protection of the UN, you won't go to Syria back. They might send you to like uh, Sudan again, like to oh, Malaysia. Like where you came from or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like for Malaysia, because it don't ask for visa for Syrians. Uh, okay. Yeah. Those are the, the the possible options you got. You got to, if you want to leave Egypt or if you are forced to leave Egypt. Mm-hmm. What about work? Was that also? Did you have to get a special visa or did you get a special? No, no. I have no visa right now. Nothing yeah. on my passport, but the the Sudanese visa. Just yeah. that. so that's hard. Yeah, so that makes it hard to even just. If I want, if I wanted to work like for a big company or a big agency, of course I would. I would need to to get a visa and all this kind of stuff. But most of the Syrians work like the we call it. Yeah, we call it the, the regular jobs, like as a cashier on a restaurant, on a small restaurant, as mm-hmm. a worker in a factory, things like that. Nothing fancy, nothing in like an office or yeah, or as a manager or as a kind of yeah, more the like unskilled. I don't know if it's even unskilled, but just the the, the jobs where they won't check as often or you don't have yeah. probably not as customer facing. Well, cashier, yeah, but it's not that different here. I mean, yeah, or even in Europe. I mean, so in in yeah. Europe, I, because- I I say this now because it's like okay, it was ten years ago, but I I worked illegally for more than a year like just teaching like when i moved to europe i moved to czech republic and like ah, i didn't have a visa and i thought okay well who cares i'll just you know d- you know do what i can for a year and then eventually got a visa but it's uh, it's very very bothering to to have this issue this, this particular issue here stressful, because yeah yeah because you are not exist to the egyptian government That's right Yep, even like health insurance. Uh, that, no, you know. no, nothing of that. Yep. So yep. it's retirement like, plan benefits. <laughs> no, no. Paid no, vacation. No. Yeah, that's like if you're not. Yeah, that's yep. You um, you, you it, can't even you know that you can't even open an, a bank account or do anything related to government or mm-hmm. to paperwork at all. Yep. So it it makes uh, everything harder. Yeah. So you're still not. Yeah, there, there's a couple of questions around there. Is like, is like, you're not settled. This is not a long-term goal. You're no, still no. a refugee. You're asylum. You know, maybe it would be nice to to go home someday, even or you know, um, but have a more permanent, you know, kind of base. Um, and the the yeah. other thing I was going to ask you, well, a couple of things is around that also is so you know, do you want to move on? But wait, before I ask you that, I, I think it's maybe interesting to say. Um, what what did you study, or did you you know did you go did you study something, or what did you uh, what did you imagine your career to be like, um, or what what did you want to be, or what are you what are you trying to be? I studied in Syria, mm-hmm. uh, electrical power engineering for like three years. Uh, then I went to Khartoum, as I told you. In Syria, the the study situation, the whole the whole idea of studying and graduation and Working is like pre-planned by, by many factors. 
you don't have much choice. So if you got a certain number of degrees, you are going to go to that major or that, mm-hmm. that university or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't have really the choice. I, want, I, I didn't want to go to electrical power engineering college. I didn't like it and I didn't like hate it. You know me, like yeah, it was fine, but the the mo- my my main concern my main concern was not the college, or the the major of the or the yeah. subjects was my own safety. In my university, Damascus University, we had like four or three events when even like a bomb in the university has exploded, like missiles or something from the sky. My friend, my close friend, has like a, a missile landed beside him, like 20 meters far from him, and we transported him to a hospital, and he was under surgery for like seven hours. It's lot, lot of. That that's a different college experience, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So it kind of at that point, it's like, who cares? Uh, I'm an engineering major, exactly. business major, like whatever. You know, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be alive at some point. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of of stress and and frustration made me make the decisions to move out or yeah. to get out of Syria. Yeah. Is um before yeah I want to ask you about that too like what what were the reasons what actually made you do it but uh bef- I also want to know if if you could go to college if you could just study. Anything you ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On it right now, what would you study? Well, it's very confusing question because we have many factors we should consider to, to answer this question. Well, and imagine if you were living in America or Germany and you had enough money and, uh, you know, what would you like to do? Is it? I mean, I, I ha- when I was in Syria, I like 
wanted, really, really wanted to be an art architecture. Okay, yeah, right. And I had, I had like the skills and the, the pre, pre-studies of the subject, mm-hmm. for, for instance. But now, I really can't tell. I mean, there are many jobs today which are, doesn't have uh, a major in the, the college to graduate from. Yeah. Like, every day there are new jobs, new opportunities, and at the same time, the old opportunities are disappearing. Yeah, it's more like today you should have some art, some uh, computer programming, some exactly. systems so management, some network. This, like, yeah. I am looking for this perfect combination between art and science and programming to fit my skills with the, with the jobs market, the global jobs market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a technical writer, which is not. Uh, I studied like business because because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I studied like business and uh, German, you know. And then uh, technical writing, like yes, there's a you can get a degree in technical writing. There's a certificate and all that. But I didn't know that when I was 20 or 23 or something. I didn't figure out, I didn't know about technical writing until I was maybe uh, almost 28 or almost 30 or something, so. Um, and me still, me still, I don't really yeah. <laughs> know. Like, what's, yeah, what and I then, want and you, you think something and then you get to a job and you're like, oh, actually, this sucks, this is horrible, you know, so. Exactly. Um, so but, but you might I'm have, like, an artistic streak, and then, so as long as you yeah. can create and make something that's Great like, I understand that too. And that and, and, sort of things I, I got motivated to do. All the things that uh, yeah. evolving or, or revolving actually about the, the whole idea of the new jobs or the new techniques or the technology or the, the modern art. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Learning, learning, learning the Adobe suite. It should be like <laughs> tenth grade. <laughs> Every child should be taken through the Adobe suite. Yeah. Uh, that would up your chances more than most degrees, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. You cannot ask your parents these days. It just doesn't work that way. So. Uh, not actually. Yeah. Yeah. What I also wanted to ask. I mean, what do you? You know, leaving is also a risk. Um, you know, do you starve in a okay. refugee camp, or do you? You know. So. Let me let me break down this. Yeah. Yeah. For you. Mm-hmm. First of all. The people who is now still in Syria, they have their own reasons. Even they have really, really expensive homes, they can't just run away and mm-hmm. abandon them. Or like they are the ones who who is benefits from the situation in Syria. Yeah. Like the the businessmen and the the military officers. And such such people who is are interesting and yeah. and getting benefits from the the now situation. Mm-hmm. The other side of the Syrians who is now still in Syria are the ones that cannot afford going out of Syria. Yeah, and maybe there's a sick relative or so, you know there's some really strong reason you know to yeah. Yeah, or maybe just the money. The money is a yeah. big, very big factor in that. Oh, yeah. So sure. I, I wasn't from the, the first group or the second group. I, I don't have... I have nothing. 
to relate to in Syria. Like home, I lost my home, my village, or my town. My life, let's say. There is nothing to relate to or to stuck with. And I didn't really benefit from the situation in Syria at that time, or even now. Mm-hmm. That's the, let's just say, the indirect reason why I leave. The direct reason, reason was because there was like uh, attempt from the government from the military, Syrian military, to collect as many people as he can, so they can recruit them and send them to, to do his dirty work. So, as a student, I was the, the main target for them. Right. All the students, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, everyone who fails in a, in a, in a subject, everyone who, who got suspended from the college for like six months, he got caught by uh, military police and uh, recruited. Yeah. And got recruited. So the the whole situation, the whole thing was like it don't worth it anymore. Doesn't yeah. worth it. So I have nothing to relate to. My even my the the study I am studying is not what I want. I am good at it. At the same time, I am not that good at it. It's not your passion. Yeah, electrical yeah. engineering is... So, <laughs> so what I'm waiting for? And the, the whole society, if he know, I think we will progress to this point afterward. But if he know what I am really, mm-hmm. he probably w- will hate me too. What do I have? What do I have to lose? To lose? Nothing. Yeah. Are, are you safe now? I guess that's the that's the... Like I, I'm sure many listeners are wondering, like at least okay, you're in Egypt. Is is uh, is this kind of even if there's a visa issue and everything? There's, I mean, in Syria, your life was in danger, and and you know for for many different reasons, either either just a freak accident, like a missile hitting you. Okay, that that is a thing in Syria that we don't might not think about, but but tons and yeah. tons of bombs are dropped and missiles are shot and. Uh, yeah, that's known. There was even, you know, there's like chemical attacks and kind of crazy things happening even recently. But then uh, the, the the flip side is, yeah, you know, just as soon as you graduate or even, yeah, you know, you get suspended for six months. It, what, if you're in the military, if you get conscripted to the military and you try to flee then, they will shoot you. So people might well, not they will you know, shoot you at once. put you as cannon fodder on the front lines fighting a very pointless civil war kind of yeah um yeah 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 i just really want to make that clear that that, that's it's a life-threatening event why there are syrian refugees in the world and there's even though there's millions of them it's for very good reasons and but then hopefully we just we just don't want to fight to fight or to kill anyone or to be killed for pointless thing or for pointless war yeah, yeah. It's so now you're in Egypt. Are you safe? Like, is your life in danger now? Still, is that? Well, compared to my situation or my life in Syria, yeah, it's safe. There are no bombing here. There are no one, no one gonna like take me to the to the military or something. Mm-hmm. But your life's not in danger the way it was in Syria in Egypt. Um, yeah, the way this, the exact way, it's not, but it's in danger from another perspective or another way. Yeah, I am not the average, like the average Arabic, the average Muslim that 
lives in the Middle East and have the same thoughts and beliefs as everybody, everybody in the Middle East. So I am different from them and they they hate difference. Now, I I know what you mean because I, I know you, uh, but for the listeners out there, and I don't know how much you want to say because... Um, I'll, I'll say this to the listeners. I- Imad is not 100% in safety in Egypt. Um, I don't know. Do you want to you you say why? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Uh, I am atheist and yeah. I'm bisexual. Yeah. So, so. Uh, now being atheist, being an atheist Arab, that's, I think that's interesting. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that, Muslim. yeah, because you're still it's in the awesome. Middle East, Egypt is still a very conservative country. People might not. Do, you, do people remember like <laughs> the military coup and the and the Arab Party kind of taking over Egypt? That yeah. wasn't that long ago. Um, Egypt is a very secular country, but I don't want to say extreme even, but becoming more. Yeah, yeah, that's the wrong word. Uh, yeah, but but becoming more conservative. Yeah. yeah, the thing is, the government itself it it will harm or arrest me for being like I said non-believer mm-hmm. but the the main impact is coming from the people yep the people yeah. they are hate the idea of being non-believer or atheist or bisexual they would like break the law to ensure that you will be harmed yeah you know yeah. what I mean it's uh, yeah, I don't know if like listeners understand this or not, but but uh, there are like very conservative factions that will basically form a lynch mob and kill people or really you know hurt maim people that are right that are either like have different like, sexual norms than you know the the Arab Muslim majority like kind of allows or um, yeah to be an atheist uh, Arab is really like. I'm or, and like I am already, like, and or, I am already a foreigner and a refugee, so my situation is like very, very bad. Like I'm, I'm worried about you to the degree that I don't even know what I want to put. I, like I probably won't even put that in in the description of this episode. Like you know, hey, our atheist, you know, because it's kind of like if people listen, that that's that's something yeah. that that I I, I hope they, people know and kind of realize. Like hey, there's 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 actually more than the obvious reasons of why we're trying to help Imad. Like he's still not in safety, and that's um, and I did want to get you on the show and kind of talk about that. And I wasn't even sure what. Because there's there's a risk. I wasn't even sure if you would even want to talk about it or say it. I, I talk about it and I want to even talk about it more because I believe that's my right as a human. There you go. As I a, love as that. A, Freedom of speech. As a living thing, I have the right to live my life. That's all. I I can't imagine why many people would consider like harming me or just hate me for being what I am yeah and I tried really to to be as nice as I can to those people to uh, to everyone I met or I meet for just giving giving them the perspective that I am not a bad bad person I am not uh, like a monster they think or they they consider the the atheist like they are sleeping with their moms and sisters and eating babies yep. and such completely crap. morally corrupt no yeah, ethical yeah. yeah yeah yep 
and in the Western world, we can discuss that. We can, like, say, I, my morals come from one, two, three. Your morals like that. We can discuss the whole thing. I can't. We can make a, convers a conversation about it. But here, you you are not allowed at all to open the the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, because because you would be passion. kind of arguing against Islam from their point of view. They're against, like, well, you're against saying their God. Yep, they will consider you uh, like a danger on yep. for the uh, on the society. Yeah, and to their families, they will hunt you down. Let's say there's still a ways to yep. go as far as like safety and you know having having a normal and good life. Um, exactly. Leaving Syria or even you know was, getting into Egypt Syria is just was, kind of the first like step. The, the first step, yeah. Yep. I have a long, long way ahead of me yep. to 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 start a new life, a good life. But I am trying to to make it happen. I'm yeah. trying as as I can. Yeah. So the the thing is, there's there's still a long road to go. Um, in, in that regard, knowing. Did, did it was there any repercussions? Did people in Syria even know of like your sexual preferences or even um, that you were atheist? Even did, was that something that you always had to like hide your whole life, even in Syria? No, or no. were there any consequences? Well, there are consequences. Like I, I am playing it smart. The way, like I am not yelling at the street. Yeah, yeah. I am atheist. I am right. bisexual. And I am I am not telling that even to my closest friends. But when I did, when I did tell that to one of my previous friends, uh, I was kidnapped by Islamic extremist Islamic group in my own town. For like, how old or when was this? How old were you? Uh, it was in twelve sixteen. That's only two. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, 2016, like um, two years ago or something okay. like yeah. that. The first time I got arrested or I dealed with the idea of being arrested, it was at very young age. I was like uh, in the in the high school, the last year of high school. Uh, I was arrested by the Syrian government for like. Uh, 30 or 35 days for being for for being like uh, just being for being for being was it like you the rain? follow some no 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 the thing is i live in a in a town this town has some rebels and some some people who don't like the the government and they have guns mm -hmm. so they made some explosive, uh, explosive on the the highway next to my home. Mm -hmm. A car for the military comes by, and the bomb explodes. They come to investigate and to know what happened. So they collected all the men and the youngest, youngest, from the the homes uh, along the street. So I was one of them. See, that yeah. was, wow. Yeah, so you already spent, so at a, in high school, 30, 35, 40 days or so in a jail. Yeah. And just, just for being a suspect or just for kind of part of well, an investigation. Just, let's say, let's say it's not a jail. Yeah. Okay. It was a room like four by four with 10 people in it. Ah, oh, geez. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, like a holding cell that's too small or crowded. Yeah, just Crazy. thinking about these days make me just. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, most people do not have those experience. I mean, I hope most people do no. not have those experiences. Yeah, that's I hope so. I hope so too. What, but so, what was, was the instance? Awful. What was the instance two years ago? I mean, I, that's about when you left, I guess, right? Yeah, let's say one and a half. Yeah. Okay. Because I after I was like just say kidnapped to take the decision itself to make or to gather the money that I will bought the ticket by and to like to work my life up to yeah to be ready drop everything and yeah wow yeah and that took me like six to seven or maybe eight months months yeah so, organize everything yeah. Yeah, I I like going out with the the least uh, damage. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. what happened? How did they even how did how did they even kidnap you or how did they? What was the reason? Well, well, they are to to just to be clarify. They was considered as the the police of the town or the okay. police of the the organization. It's called or the army. Let's say okay. it's called Islam's army. Or Jaish al-Islam. Okay. Right. Arab. Yeah. So it's a big, big uh, army that was supported by many big countries like America, let's say, mm -hmm. and many others. So they was representing the law in the town. So they arrested me from their perspective. I see they... How did they did that happen? I have like some some books and some things that relate to atheism, relate to free speech and uh, free oh. singing, like books and posters and some, you know, uh, what a teenager would like would like to have in his room. Right. So, one of my friends, one of my friends, sorry, he went to my room and I tried to, to hide like specific books from being seen by the one, anyone who come to my room. So he was, he noticed that I have uh, three or, or, or four books, like uh, books for Richard Dawkins. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> That's and like getting in trouble for Richard. That's crazy. But yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was translated to Arabic, so it was understandable by by my friend. And there were there was uh, an atheist, an Arabic atheist, was uh, called Abdullah Maruf or Abdullah Maruf, and he was like very famous famous at this time as atheist. He was extremist, and he converted to atheism if we if we can call it conversion right yeah yeah so <laughs> so yeah i work for him and uh, so he had his concerns about my beliefs one other time he asked me about it i told him i was just like having some books without any intentions to yeah more like to, like really really uh, dig in them yeah, yeah. But he didn't believe me, and uh, like two days or four days after that, at the like 12 a.m., like the midnight. Midnight, yeah. Yeah, the 
four or five men they came to my door and uh, they took me like that simple. Wow. Yeah. So then what? What? Uh, so did the, the, yeah? It was like a jail there, or where did they even take you? As I told you, it was considered as the, that the police the, or the, yeah. the law yeah. of the the town. So they had like uh, a small prison underground. Yeah. It's called uh, Zero Ten, or in Arabic, Sifar Ashara. Zero Ten. It's like a metaphor or I don't know what's the reason to... Some code to, or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... So they have everything in it from torturing to just keeping people and killing every every sort of thing. Is that, that's rough, yeah. So I don't even... Yeah. I'm afraid to ask now, but... Uh, I mean, did, you know, did they... How did they treat you? Did they, luckily, you know, did they hit luckily, you? Did they do anything like that? Luckily, because I was from the town, I had my relatives and my friends wow. who knows me, mm-hmm. and some of them, from some of my relatives, was in that specific army, let's say, or ah. just. And he he like took care of me, you know. Wow. I yeah. was tortured, but like not the way they wanted to torture me. Yeah, yeah. Some was str- like restraint. Some yeah. humiliation and and the the regular thing in the Arabic or any Arabic prison actually. But nothing too extreme, like no electricity or like I'm not drowning I'm, or Okay, yeah, yeah. Like water yeah, just, But what what yeah. what's the what's the regular thing? Like kind of sleep deprivation or making you stand somewhere naked? I mean I don't I don't wanna like if you don't want to talk about it, let's we can move on. But what do you mean, just kind of? Yeah, it's like they want to to damage you from the inside, not the outside. Yeah, tear you down. They, yeah, okay. Yeah, they want to tell you that they are the the bosses here. They do a whatever lot, they want. A lot of yelling and insulting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They ins- a lot of insulting is a must, like yep. every two seconds. Yeah. They want to just tell you that they own you. They own this 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 place and they run, they run their own rules and laws. They can do whatever they want, so be careful, be yeah. afraid. Yeah. yeah, be afraid and tell anyone that might have your own, your your same uh, ideology mm-hmm. to be afraid to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oppression. Like, yeah, just straight like, oppression. Yep. Don't. This is what yeah. happens if you do this or think this. And yeah. yep. I like was example for uh, other people. Right. Wow. So, uh, so how long were you there in that in that prison? Like forty to forty-five that days. Was, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and then so it then you very, knew very, I got to get out of night. here. So then it took you like eight months to f- do all your plans and save up money, and then you f- you flew to Khartoum, basically. Yeah, and for like four or three months and a half in Khartoum, and then mm-hmm. to here to Egypt. Wow, well that's that's a mod story. That's um yes. yeah. So that's where you are. So. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, I mean, well, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. I imagine parts of those things to talk about are kind of difficult and and um, 
there is still a risk out there. You're not in a, you know, even Egyptian society isn't, it's not Syria. There's not military running around kidnapping people, but the, the society itself is, is pretty conservative um, in yeah. that regard. Anyone who, who is yeah. like familiar with the, with the Egyptian government or the Egyptian community would know that. Yep. Yep. I mean, I've just read in the news, just kind of like the, the concern, I don't even, not, not radicalization, but the, you know, the, the more, the more and more going extreme to the kind of like, um, yeah. nationalistic, but also kind of, uh, like Sharia law and all this, like, uh, you know, just being an, uh, uh, Arab be, nation, like a Muslim nation. Like that happens because this is what the people want. Mm-hmm. So they are giving them that. Yeah, which that's yeah. kind of the sad thing you know we we elected a yeah. horrible president because you know in a, in a democracy you know and that's kind of that's that's horrible um but that's that's kind of the sad thing but um i'll tell you all the listeners probably are um on the right side of history i'll put it that way because we we do talk about some pretty sensitive topics and um, you know, so I think I thought it would be important to kind of get you on the show and let people know who you are and everything. Um, even even, uh, you know, the Syrians listening to History of Germany podcast in Arabic in, in Germany. Uh, you know, if, they, if kind of news gets back that like, hey, Ahmad's, <laughs> you know, he's not. A, I don't I don't know. I just thought it'd be interesting. Um, but also, yeah, to, to just kind of let let. Uh, our English-speaking listeners and German-speaking listeners know uh, who we got on the team and and who you are and and I'll tell you we we love you Imad we think you're incredibly special uh, and I mean we like you did and Pete and and you know like like my listeners everybody that I've ever talked to is just like um, just loves what you're doing loves the idea of all of this and when I then go on to tell them who you are which is some of the stories you've told me it's just like. Uh, we, we think you're doing something really great and, and not necessarily risk-free. And so we definitely appreciate that. And I wish you all the luck. I wish you all the success. And I'm, I'm doing my part to make all that happen, too. I really hope uh, that something good comes out of this show for you. And, um, yeah, man. Hey, thanks, thank you. thanks so much for hanging out with me. <laughs> no, really thank you. It. You gave me the time and the opportunity to get my, fo- my voice out. Well, I, yeah, man, thanks for sharing. That really, I know that's not easy, and I, and I really appreciate it. I knew a lot of this kind of ahead of time, and, and I was like, I don't even, I'm afraid to ask. But, um, yeah, man, that's, that's great. It's good having you on the show. And, and hopefully we'll have a lot more history of Arabic. And What's that called? I always mispronounce it. Tarikh Almania. What is it? <laughs> Tarikh Almania. Tarikh Almania. Is it, I say it okay, like with, right? With <laughs> Tarikh, Tarikh Almania. No, no. <laughs> Anyways, the history of history of Germany in Arabic. Pretty. That's what I call it. Uh, yeah, fantastic. خير And check out the description of the podcast at Wall or YouTube channel, wherever. Check out the description of the show for the podcasting shop. There's some history of Germany in Arabic merch where we'll give uh, Imad a cut. So links are in the show notes and and. Um, yeah, otherwise, how to support the show and there's we have sponsors and all that 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 help out. So you can help us by supporting our sponsors. Yeah, uh, for for everybody that wants to know more about you know the podcast Nick team, we just had Pete on the show a couple episodes ago, or maybe even last episode. Judith's uh, episode is coming soon, or maybe already ran. 
and we'll kind of take it from there. I've I've been interviewed a lot before, so that's why <laughs> I always talk about myself. Um, but you can, yeah, you can find that around places, I guess. Uh, if you go to podcastnet.com, actually, I list all the collaborations. You can find a link to everything. And if you do want to shout out the word of history of uh, history of Germany in Arabic and kind of spread the word of what we're doing. Even even to the Arabic-speaking community, either in the States or in Europe or any place, uh, we have directions in Arabic in a nice printable PDF format on the website. If you go to um, podcastnik.com, that's podcastnik.com, and then click on the History of Germany icon or you know picture, logo, whatever, you'll, you'll see there there's, there's a link to the PDF, there's a link to the Arabic version and all that, and... Yeah, so spread the word. You print that out. Give it to everybody you know. Tell everybody you know what we're doing. It is really hard for us to market an Arabic podcast. My normal networks don't work. Um, I think I think we are up to a, a couple hundred listeners. And the cool thing is, you know what? Let me let me give everybody, even the listeners, a live update of what's happening here. If I click on, let's see, three hundred. Yeah, we got we're in the three hundred and something listeners. And that's, you know, I wish it was higher, but that's not bad. The cool thing about that is if I click on location, it is actually Germany has the most, followed by Kuwait and then Saudi Arabia and the States. But Germany has 60%. And then Kuwait is, uh, yeah, not bad, actually. There's, you have Kuwaiti listeners. Do you, do you know anybody in <laughs> Kuwait? What's, what's happening there? I don't have anyone. You're like, no. well, there you go. Algeria (laughs) has one. Um, And then, yeah, Canada, Australia, Armenia, Austria. Oh, uh, uh, yep. Some in Austria, which is fantastic. Um, Azerbaijan. You have someone in Azerbaijan listening to German history and Arabic. (laughs) I think that's that's really fantastic. Uh, And that's without having any marketing uh, potential or just, you know, people helping us out. So that's why, you know, we really, really are asking if, if, uh, you know, just if you if you have any connections to um, refugee organizations, um, uh, you know, German language organizations, people, you know, it's anybody that that could be a potential schools. Um, immigration centers, I don't know. Let them know that we exist and, and uh, help us out. You can follow Imad on Twitter uh, at HG underscore Arabic. And that, that way you can, you know, there's also at Germany Podcast or at Podcastnik, and you can stay tuned with the news of, of what's happening on, on the shows. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much or for, for watching, maybe, if this ends up being on YouTube someday. And thanks again, Imad, for coming on the show. Thank you. It's a net. It's not a K with the ikh. It's a You know? Tarikh. I like that. Tarikh. Tarikh. No. Almania. Tarikh. Oh, my God. I can't even hear the difference, man. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.